Um, I'm going to make you aware of the little half sheet bulletin that you all have. And there are various announcements in there about what is going on in the life and ministry of the church in this season. Um, we have uh, several things going on for kids ministry. This is the beginning of the week of summer. And what that means is there are new kids events, family events that are listed there on that front page there. Um, starting with what's called Terrific Tuesdays um, that starts this week, starts on Tuesday. And then preschool story time and uh, the first Saturday fellowship. Lots of stuff going on. So if you have uh, young children, make note of those Tuesday events and of this preschool story time events. And if you are anyone here, literally anyone here, make note of the First Saturday Fellowship. That is for um, anyone, all ages, families, singles, whoever. We would love for you to join us at Hagmill Park on Saturday from 3 to 5. And we're just going to hang out. It's going to be very, very free form. And just uh, come, uh, bring whatever to hang out at, at the lake, at the park there. Um, and we do these things, um, they're organized by a group of young adults and in connection with the, the Joyce Life Group that just wants to create opportunities for people in the church to spend time together and to build relationships. So it's going to be similar to this, where the goal is relationships, community. Um, so please join us Saturday for that. Um, at the end of the service today, I'm going to go ahead and give you fair warning. Uh, we have a group of high school students and some leaders that are going to Arizona on Saturday. And I'm going to call up any of those students that are participating in that trip to join me up here at the end of the service. And we're going to send them out in prayer because they will be leaving this Saturday. So if you are a part of that Phoenix trip and are leaving on Saturday, you're going to come up here at the, at the end of the service today so that we can pray. Um, and then there's other things in the bulletin. Uh, VBS still coming soon. So just lots of stuff to be aware of. Let's open up now. We're going to go to Lamentations chapter 3. And we've been in Lamentations for a few weeks. We've got a couple more weeks. We'll basically uh, finish the end of Lamentations at the end of the month of June. And so for now, we're going to, to spend a little bit more time in what is, without a doubt, the best part of the book of Lamentations. It is, it is the crescendo right in the middle of the song. Lamentations, I've told you before, is a series of laments or prayers that are also kind of like songs. There's poetic elements all the way through there. As Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, is stating his complaint, is pouring out his sorrow before God for all that is happening in Jerusalem, in the nation of Judah, in those days. And in chapter 3, we see the term where, where all of the bad stuff Jeremiah is pouring out his heart for all of the pain and the sorrow that he is seeing. For people starving. For, for people that are suffering from losing loved ones. From seeing loved ones sent off into exile. Uh, the military has been decimated and the city has been under siege. And people are starving on the streets of Jerusalem. It is a painful sight. And in 322 and following, we get the steadfast love of the Lord. And for so much of the book of Lamentations, it feels as if God has abandoned Jerusalem. But Jeremiah continually reminds us, this is not God forgetting. This is God remembering. 
This is not happening because God has forgotten about His promises to Israel. This is happening because Israel has forgotten its promises to God and God has remembered that sin needs to be paid for. That God is a God of justice. But even, and so this can be discouraging in that sense. Lamentations can be discouraging as we see God pour out His, his anger and His wrath at sinners for committing sins. And yet in 3.22, we see that even in the midst of His wrath, there's good news. And so we today remember the faithfulness of God. And here we are on Memorial Day weekend where we uh, take time tomorrow to step out of the normal of our days tomorrow and to recognize those within our nation's history who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for freedom and for safety for our nation. And we recognize inherent in this holiday is this recognition that that sacrifice is great, is meaningful, and is at times necessary for the safety and security of a nation. For there to be a certain group of people that are willing to put their lives on the line and pay the ultimate sacrifice. And it is good and right to memorialize, to remember, to take the time this weekend and remember that faithfulness to, to put the needs of others above themselves. Those in our armed forces that have given their lives, they did that not out of self-protection, but out of self-sacrifice. And so we recognize within our nation that the ideal is self-sacrifice. The ideal is to be faithful to that which you have been called to. But here in Lamentations, we see the, the opposite of that in Israel. And we see God blowing any examples of human self-sacrifice fully out of the picture. Because in Israel, we see the opposite. We see that Israel has been self-protective. Israel has focused on self-preservation. Israel has done what they wanted to do and therefore stored up sin and punishment for themselves. But God, God's faithfulness far exceeds anything we could see from any human example. So on this weekend where we recognize the greatest human example, we, we then look even beyond that to the, to the divine example of faithfulness. And this is the passage right here. This um, Lamentations 3, 22 through 24, song after song gets written about this passage because it is so powerful. We'll close our service this morning singing, great is thy faithfulness. And we sing great is thy faithfulness because that's what God says about himself. And that's what Jeremiah remembers. And when we sing great is thy faithfulness, we don't sing it just when times are easy and it's a beautiful day like today. We sing great is thy faithfulness at all times, even when the circumstances are hard and tragic. Because the, the original version, Lamentations 3, was written when the times were the most tragic imaginable. And if we forget that songs about God's mercies being new every morning and songs about God's faithfulness are meant to be sung in the hardest days. If we forget that, we do a disservice to the Word of God, to God's character, and to ourselves. So, Lamentations 3, 22 through 24. Three verses for this morning. I'm not going to keep you here all day. We've got lots of food to eat and lots of fun to have, okay? But three verses, I'm going to give you just quickly four principles, four truths that this tells us about the character of God. And when we truly understand the character of God, that's how we know how to live in response to Him. So first, I'll read to you Lamentations 3, starting in verse, 32, or verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. 
His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will help hope in God. Four points. Steadfast love. New morning mercies. Great faithfulness. And our portion and hope. Steadfast love. The, the English word for steadfast comes from, from standing strong. From standing in place. But, but the, the Hebrew term behind this goes even far beyond that. The, the English word derives out of a military sense where an army stands in place and holds the line against all attacks, against all enemies. But, but the Hebrew word is actually a great word for God's covenant love. And in fact, when you see in 322, the steadfast love of the Lord. Steadfast love is one single word in Hebrew and it is the most powerful covenantal display of love in any word in the Hebrew language. It is an incredibly significant word throughout the Old Testament where God is communicating to us that His covenantal love is so strong for us that He keeps His commitments to us. As, as we break covenant with Him in our sin and our unfaithfulness, as Israel is doing in this passage, Jeremiah says it is good and right for God to punish sin. And yet, the covenantal love of God in, endures. What he's saying is, it sounds like he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Because number one, Jeremiah says it's good for God to do this because Israel broke the legal arrangement with God. And yet he comes back and says, but God still keeps His end of the deal. God's covenantal love, God's love that is still enduring even as Israel's love fails. Psalm 13.5 says, I have trusted in your steadfast love and my heart rejoices in your salvation. What we mean by praising God's steadfast love is we mean that when somebody enters into a covenant with God by God, by faith to receive salvation through Christ in this new covenant that we are born into when we receive Christ by faith, that God remains faithful to those who receive Him. And there's nothing that is able to separate someone from God if God has received them by the blood of Jesus. His steadfast love endures. It does not end for those of us who receive it. But it doesn't stop there. He goes on to say His mercies are new every morning. So while in, in point one we see God's steadfast love, and the point of that is to say that God's love for His people never changes. Regardless of, of the people's love for God, God's love for you never changes if you are in Christ. And if you are not in Christ, then, then we're, we've got a different story here. If you are not in Christ, then you are in the place of Israel in Lamentations 3, where there is much suffering because sin is being paid for. But God's love for His people will never change. He doesn't stop loving. And His mercies are new. It would be easy for us to focus each day on the things that went bad the day before, the things that are going to go bad this day. And a worldly-minded person does that. They, they focus on the selfish things, on what is going wrong in my life, on how I wish my life was better or different, more peaceful, more blessing, whatever. But what God is promising to us here 
is that the mercies that He is giving to us will far outweigh anything that we see in this life on this earth. The mercies that are new every morning coincide with the prayer in the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus said, pray like this, and then as a part of that prayer, He said, give us today the bread for today. When He says, you probably know it as give us today our daily bread. What Jesus is saying is give us today our bread for today. And when He says give us today our bread for today, He means give us enough for today and give us tomorrow the bread for tomorrow. Don't give us tomorrow's bread today. Give us today the bread for today. Give us tomorrow the bread for tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And it goes back to this picture in Lamentations 3, connects with Matthew 6 and the, the Lord's Prayer. It also connects with the nation in the wilderness where they would only collect the bread to endure, to provide for them for that single day. Because the manna in the wilderness that God used to feed His people would expire on the next day. Gnats and, and worms would start eating it up. It would be gross and it would, you would not be able to eat it on day two. And so what God was teaching His people in the wilderness and what God is teaching the nation of Israel again in Lamentations is trust me every day. I'm not going to provide for tomorrow today. I'm going to provide every day for what you need today. You don't need to just receive all of the mercy up front and live off of that. We need more of God's provision and protection than that. We need to wake up every morning and remember again, God still sits on His throne today just as He did yesterday. And tomorrow, as we wake up, we will be reminded again, God is sitting on His throne tomorrow. And the ultimate thing we recognize is that one display of mercy on the cross, that one time, that, that one outpouring of love on the cross. That, that should have been enough for us. It would have been enough for us if we could just remember that every day. But what God does in New Morning Mercies is He reminds us daily of what He has done in the past, of the promise He has for the future. And every day He gives us new and greater provision so that we can remember and anticipate. And where we go wrong in our personal emotional lives, where we go wrong in our sense of our faith, is when we focus too much on the crises of today without remembering the mercies of today. That God has provided far more than we can ask or imagine when we really think about the world we live in from through an eternal lens. Charles Spurgeon, when he presented this passage, he would compare the new morning mercies as a contrast between a, a, a tank of still water and a spring of flowing water. If all you have is a tank of water that is still, it's going to get gross. That's why if you have a swimming pool, you've got to continually treat it because water that just sits there, it gets bad over time. You don't want it to just sit there. But a spring of flowing water, as the water continues to move, it is refreshed day after day after day. And we do not, we cannot afford to, we cannot afford to just live on the knowledge we received of Christ many years ago when we first came to Christ. We cannot afford to be those tanks of, of sitting water where we learned all the truths when we were young. We received the gospel when we were young and therefore we're just going to live off of the knowledge we received then. No, what, what Spurgeon tells us, what Lamentations 3 tells us and what I'm telling you today is we need reminders each and every day of new mercy that flows. New lessons about Him. New reminders of the gospel. 
His mercies are new every morning, and boy, is that good news for us. So principle two, God continually demonstrates His love each day through undeserved mercy. Because each day brings new trials, each day brings new temptations and new opportunities for sin and, and for, un, for faithlessness from us. So each day brings new faithfulness from God. Great faithfulness in verse 23. God is by nature steady and unwavering. Humans are by nature unsteady and wavering. It's the difference between us and God. We are prone to wonder and we know it. God has never described Himself as a sheep in the Scriptures, but we are described as sheep over and over because we're prone to go our own way and go astray. And when you are dealing with somebody that is prone to wonder, it's really good news when there is a rock that keeps from wavering and keeps from moving. And for us, that rock, that steadiness, that faithfulness is God. So when we sing today, great is your faithfulness, we sing God, thank you for being unwavering and unmoving as I am tossed to and fro by the storms and the waves that hit me each and every day. And finally, in verse 24, the Lord is my portion, and therefore I will hope in Him. As the nation entered into the promised land, there were 12 tribes of the nation, and there were 11 allotments of land. There was actually one, one tribe that, that didn't receive any allotment of land. And that was the tribe, the Levites. They were called to serve in the tabernacle and later the temple. And the scripture says of the Levites, they will have no portion in the land, for I will be their portion. I will be their inheritance. And so when you see in the Old Testament, this word portion, you think, what, is this, what does this mean? And we can think of it as a, a ration for today. Everything that we need today for provision, for sustenance, we receive from God because God is our portion. But I also want you to look beyond that into the example that the, the story of the Levites give us. They needed nothing in this world. They needed no farms. The Levites had no farms. The Levites had, had, did not have homes that they built and established for themselves the way the other tribes did. Rather, the Levites received everything they received from God in complete faith and complete dependence. And that is our lot in life as believers. All, so much of our work, so much of our focus Monday through Friday is on our portion and our inheritance in, on this earth in this life. And God is giving us reminders in His Scriptures, stop focusing so much on that, on that which perishes, on that which fades away. Think of the Levites who did not farm their own land, who, who did not work for their own uh, bank accounts and their own savings and their own uh, livelihood, but rather God provided for them. And trust me, this is not, this is not advice from Scripture to, to not have a job and not have savings or anything like that. Let me just be that clear right away. But it is a reminder from Scripture to discipline ourselves to take our minds off of that which perishes and to remember the inheritance that we receive in eternity and the portion we receive from God Himself as that which is, what, which is most important. And when we re recognize and remember that our portion, our inheritance comes not from this life and what we achieve and what we work for, but comes from what we receive freely from the sacrifice of Christ, we remember hope. 
And we can have hope in the life that comes next. And so guys, really my whole, my whole goal for today is just to stir up our hearts and our minds to remember the beauty of the gospel so that each and every morning we will receive the new morning mercies as we discipline ourselves to remind ourselves of the gospel. That today the Lord is my portion. God has provided for me today. And therefore I can hope in Him being my portion and in the heavenly inheritance I will receive. Because this morning I wake up to new morning mercies and great faithfulness. So guys, I'm going to call the, the team back up here. We're going to worship and we're going to sing one more song this morning. But as we do... Um, a couple more parts of the service. I need my volunteers back. I, I need I need Jericho, Eden, Eleanor, Bryce, Wyatt. Yeah, y'all come on back. Part of worship, part of gathering together to proclaim the name of Jesus is, is to give back through offerings and tithes. And we do not usually do this in services. We do not usually pass plates, but because we're here in a different setting, we don't have our normal boxes in the wall and all that sort of stuff. Um, I've got some volunteers here that have some baskets. And so if you would like to give an offering today in worship and in recognition of God's provision over you, they are going to collect these. And I promise they're going to take them to the right places. These are not for these kids. Um, this is the offering for the church. I'm, I'm saying that to, to them more than to you right now. Um, but they're going to receive the offering for us. So they'll be coming around and just... Just wave at them and then they've been instructed to go to every table and to come out here as well. Um, but I'm going to invite you to stand. We, we got one more song to sing. And then after we sing this song, I'm going to have the high schoolers going to Phoenix. Join me up here. We're going to pray over them and send them out. But join us as we sing together. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father.
going to have uh, two others join them. I'm going to have Emmanuel and Emmy. They're not going to Phoenix. They're going somewhere else, but I'm going to have them join them up there in line. So the uh, Phoenix team, there's uh, 10 of them that are going. So um, there's only a few of them represented this morning, but we'll pray for everybody else in the ones that we have here today. They're going to minister with uh, Jordan and Micah Smith, two of our um, sponsored missionaries. From our church, of course, Micah, formerly Micah Joyce, who grew up in our church, and uh, they work with refugees in Phoenix, Arizona, and this team is going to uh, serve them, minister to them, work with the the ministry that uh, they have ongoing in apartment complexes in inner city Phoenix. And so um, we've got Jacob, AJ, Aaron, and Sally are a part of that team, and as I said, there's a, there's a number more that will be going with them. So I'm going to pray for them. They'll be leaving out from the church on Saturday afternoon to head to Phoenix for a week. And so um, if you would, join me in prayer in a minute as I, as I pray for them. And then also we've got, um, if you haven't uh, before noticed, this is, this is Emmy and this is Emmanuel's uh, father. And of course, Emmanuel has been with us for um, about 10 months now. And uh, he'll be going home. Uh, Emmy came over to take Emmanuel home with him for a couple months. But uh, as we learned... Um, just a, a week or so ago, for sure, Emmanuel will be joining us again in the fall for his senior year at Christian Heritage. So we'll be praying for um, join me in prayer as, as I pray for both. Father, I thank you for this, uh, this team, um, AJ, Sally, and Daniela, and as they lead um, this group of students to work with Jordan and Micah and uh, the team at Go10 in Phoenix. Father, I pray for your provision over this team. I pray that they would travel safely. I pray, Father, that, that you would uh, work out the details of the trip well. I pray that as they minister to the lost and really preach the gospel to those who have not heard, um, uh, serve in ministry, uh, families and young children who do not believe in you, do not know you. God, I pray that you would uh, bless the work of their hands and um, give the students uh, all at what you are doing to reach the nations even as they come to our nation. And uh, Father, thank you for the opportunities we have in ministry to, to preach to unreached people groups even within our own nation because of uh, the crises around the world have, have brought them to our doorstep. And so, Father, I pray for your provision and protection and your blessing over this team. May you reap a great harvest through the ministry that they do. And then, Father, for Emmy and Emmanuel, we thank you for uh, the time that we've had with Emmanuel this school year and for Emmy's uh, two trips here to us. We praise you for all that is uh, happening in the church in Romania in this season. And we continue to pray for the ministry of Geneza Church and Renastria Church and uh, for the various ministries that these 
churches are involved with and um, for the Kirov family and the Gurion family and the Kolar family and all that, that we see them doing from afar. And we praise you for that ministry now uh, moving into Ukraine and for, for Tom's news of that that he shared with us last week. Uh, but we pray for protection for Emmy and Emmanuel um, in particular as they travel on Saturday, that they would be home safely, that they would enjoy the couple of months at home, and that you would then bring back Emmanuel safely to us um, for another good year uh, of him engaging in the life of our church and the life of, of uh, Christian Heritage School and as you continue to guide him and prepare him for what you are doing in his life in the many years to come. And we pray your blessing over them as well. And now, Father, we do. We, we turn and we, we give you the thanks for all the events of this morning, uh, for the songs that we've sung, for the words that we've heard, and for the food that we are about to enjoy. And so, Father, we praise you and we thank you. And we bless this food in, in, in your name. We recognize that it has come through your provision. And we thank you for that. Keep us safe as we, as we are here this, um, this morning and this afternoon, gathered to have fun and uh, to just build relationships with each other and celebrate who you are and what you've done. And we pray this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.